Hello, I'm John Orty. I'm a stunt historian, author, broadcaster and producer, and the man behind Behind the Stunts on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Welcome to this episode and a series of podcasts dedicated to the action stunts in the James Bond movies. My new book is the definitive guide to everything action-packed in the film series. It looks at the stunts, the performers, the coordinators and the stories behind these incredible moments captured on the film. It's a new world with new enemies and new threats, but you can still depend on one man. Yes, but that's enough about me. Let's talk about Goldeneye, shall we? The movie that many had said saved the franchise and took action to new heights, and quite literally in the pre-title sequence where stuntman Wayne Michaels dives 220 meters, that's 720 feet for those of you working in old money with the assistance of the Oxford Bungie Company to create one of the most spectacular gags ever in a bond. But that was only the start of it. And we have a fair bit to get through too, so let's start with a chat I had back in 2019 with stuntman Jim Dowdle, responsible for sourcing many of the required military necessities on the movie and a brief cameo in this very pre-title. I'll let Jim explain how he got involved in this project. Simon Simon rang up and said, look, you know, you know about tanks. Yeah. I don't know about tanks. Come and tell me about tanks. Right. So I went on there and I looked at the tank and thought, okay, there's a T-54. T- yeah. We are going to have to do, if we want to do this sequence, there's some changes that have got to be made. Right. A, the people in St. Petersburg have said, you cannot run steel tracks on our streets here. Okay. So I sat down with one of the special effects boys and a very good friend of mine uh, buys and sells tanks to collectors. Right. Old, very old friend of mine, Mike Stall. And I thought, I wonder what track we could use that has rubber track pads. Because the, the Russians don't make one. Right. They? They're not interested in all that. And so we did a bit of research and we found that uh, Chieftain track, which has removable, replaceable rubber track pads, Mm -hmm. we could actually, by machining up a different sprocket at the back and cutting off part of the width of the track with what they call the horns Mm -hmm. on the inside so they didn't, because it was slightly wider than T-54 track, we worked out we could put Chieftain track on the T-54s. So we started with that and I bought... uh, four lots of chieftain track which I mean and those I mean, cost thousands and thousands of pounds this you know and blocks and blocks of replaceable rubber if we needed that right. I mean it's, it, I mean, it's only a matter of yeah. 60 or 70 mil mm. but it's now running on rubber track pads so you'll see that quite clearly in the film right and then uh, we got out testing the tanks and I thought okay Pierce is going to have to be over here and um Visibility is going to be a problem, obviously, for the driver, because normally you're just looking through a periscope, and that is, well, you can't see really anything very much at all. No. 
So I then got video cameras, very small video cameras, lipstick cameras. And remember, this is 1996. That, that, that technology was pretty, very, very new and very basic. Sure. But we got these lipstick cameras and we built these pods on either side of the tank. And we put another one just underneath the gun barrel. And then we put three video monitors in the driver's compartment. Right. So you could see left of the tank widthwise, right of the tank widthwise, and underneath the gun to get a bigger perspective. The problem was that the lenses were quite a wide angle lens. And somebody that was actually uh, seven or eight feet away from the tank actually looked like they were 30 or 40 feet away because oh, it was such a wide picture. And because you've got only a two dimensional image looking at this thing. And I thought, I think we can get ourselves into trouble here. Just a touch. So I think that we need to actually be able to have a three-dimensional live image of what's going on. So we cut out a piece of armour directly in front of the driver and covered it with bits of scrim and camouflage thing and everything else. But it was only about six inches by a foot piece of armour. That took a whole day and about five bottles of gas right of a set you know because it was using a gas axe but i mean this armor is probably i don't know 120 mil thick at least i mean it's really thick heavy stuff right. so we cut out a piece in all of them and then that meant all of a sudden put a bit of perspex over it now you've got a three-dimensional image okay now you can judge what you're going to do then gary powell came in uh because he was kind of you know um simon's principal man at that point and I taught him how to drive the tank, and off he went. Right. And then I would drive in various secondary bits when Gary was, because we had two units all the time, so I would drive the, uh, the secondary tank doing stuff with the second unit, and he would do the stuff with the first unit, or vice versa. And um, obviously he did the, the gag going through the wall. Yes. Which was, again, that was extraordinary because I mean you know well, he's that, hit it at some tilt for a start oh, I mean we had nearly a mile run up to get up to speed yeah. and then this extraordinary ramp made out of, of, of sleepers to get him up through the wall and then um, Steve Griffin who was driving in the car but that was hairy because he had to he had to time that and if he'd got it wrong if the car had stalled that tank was going to hit he has him to slew into shot and bang, yes and then it arrives yeah absolutely and it was Fantastic. And then when Gary hit the ground, of course, I mean, it, well, he always says it virtually knocked him out because of the, the impact yeah. when it landed, even though he had a helmet on. So God knows what it did to him. So, I mean, it, you know, but what a fantastic gag. What a job. Yeah, it was. Of course, and, and the, uh, the power slide in the whole thing, all that sort of extraordinary 360 stuff. 360 you did in just, a square, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they put the metal on metal sound on afterwards. You yeah, know, of course, with all and we did it actually. We went out and we were, we were we did all sorts of experiments there with, with mixtures, buckets full of water and fairy liquid and then diesel and just to find out Something. what would make it slide. And I spent a long time out on the airstrip with different mixtures to get it right and then Gary would come in and then we'd both rehearse it and you know I mean he was just fantastic and you've done all of this extraordinary action coordinating and arranging and, and these massive action sequences that people don't know and you've told us some stories today about the behind the, how this works but if, if I was to go to if I throw a stick and hit somebody and go Jim Dowdle and show them a photograph they go you're the guy that got smacked in the face by Pierce Brosnan while sat on the loo in Goldeneye weren't you which you must get a lot <laughs> Well, yeah, I got a bit sort of typecast with that because I did a, I did a Top Gear, um, and we uh, 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 this is before it was became the Grand Tour, yeah. And we did one sequence on Top Gear where we had um, three railway carriages 
uh, being they were like caravans being pulled by oh, a jaguar on that. rails, yeah, and we yeah, had yeah. first class, yeah. and then we had second class, and then we had peasant class. Peasant yeah. class. And the peasant class had sort of hay all over it and an outside toilet, <laughs> right? And oh. there's a bloke actually outside sitting on the toilet with his trousers around his knees. That'll be you then. That'd be me then. Right. Yeah. So See. it was trousers around the knees in Goldeneye and trousers around the knees in, in Top Gear as well with, with Jeremy. <laughs> when I do Grand Tour with the boys sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's hard work because it's shoot, I mean, colossal amounts of film in a very short time as compared to anything else, you know. And, they, and there's like three or four camera units and you're running over who's doing what to whom and all that. But it's great fun. And, they're, they're, you know, I've been doing it with them for quite a few years now. And... Uh, you know, it is like going back on the fa- with the family because it's the same camera crew and uh, you know, uh, um, you know James and and um, all that lot. You know, they're, they're chums now, and it's good fun. Yeah, it is good fun. Grand yeah. tour. <laughs> he referred there to Gary Powell, who drove the tank. That wasn't his only job on the film, but he explains here what he got up to and why the Bond films are the most exciting franchise to work on. Uh, just in that opening sequence alone, I mm. mean, as you and Paul Heisman are effectively being killed... Yeah, well, I, I think we shot times. ourselves as well. Yeah, I, I did. Yeah. I think Paul, Paul shot himself and then fell mm. down a flight of stairs. That's right. Uh, you were hit with the, 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 well, the barrels That's coming it. out. And then there was the... During the tank... You were driving the tank, driving obviously, the tank, right, yeah. which we'll talk about in a moment. Um, there was the Jeep... Coming out of the Jeep. Coming out of the Jeep. There was in one of the police cars. You're, right. There was the um, Sean Bean. You managed to stop Bond getting on, on the boat. The boat, and then yeah. the, next to Sean Bean, grabbing Bond after you got him. You just kept cro- goatee, no, no goatee. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's different. You can get away with it back then. Nowadays, people are too aware of it. Like people like yourselves, are like, I've just seen that. They reckon, well, this is it because you're recognisable mm. now. You see, so you probably wouldn't be able to get away. I mean, what was what was that like after yeah. so many years of, of Bond being away? I mean, it was it was great fun because um, you know for a, a British stuntman. And any stuntman, really, but yeah. the Bonds are like that's 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 the, the daddy of action films. I don't care what other films you talk about, Fast and Furious, Transformers, anything. Bond is the one that everyone wants to do. Mm. Sort of it is just because you grow up with it. I mean, you, you know, I grew up with it since exactly. you know, I can remember, sort of thing, and everyone does. And you, everyone wants to sort of, even you know, I have people really nice that I just want to die on it, just want to, you know, and that's <laughs> it just yeah. you know, because it is one of those iconic things. So when you get you know, Simon Crane was obviously the coordinator and he called me up. He's like, right, we're doing bond. I was like, freaking hell, yeah, wicked, great, great. So um, he's like, you're driving a tank. Sweet. <laughs> so he's like, you're driving a tank? Nope, right. So, um, you know, we got the tank and, you know, started all the rehearsals of that. It's all, you know, you're just there with this, you know, 30 odd ton tank and it's, it's like, you're in a playground. You and Jim Dowdle. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I can remember Jim come down and give me the initial run through because that's what he's he the does. Military yeah, run, he does he? all yeah. the tanks and all that sort of thing. Yeah. You know, they give me all the, you know, it's, it's pretty basic inside, you know, you accelerate a brake and clutch and then you, obviously you leave a sort of steering. So he give me a day doing that and then so, what was good for Simon, what he used to let me do is he'd basically, he'd let me then go and play. Because, he, you know, I'd always have a good come up to something good. So I remember one of the days we was rehearsing at Leaves and on this massive asphalt um, ground where I was rehearsing. So I'm telling them, what we learned pretty quickly is tanks are obviously designed to start dry for a couple of hours then stop not yes. stop start stop start like they would on a film set yes. so where i've stopped starting it and swinging it around the brakes would basically boil up within about half an hour so i'm doing these figure eights turning and i'm going towards this building so i've gone to turn nothing happens oh shit so i'm pulling on the levers and putting the foot on the brake nothing no literally i've gone 
and the front of the tank stopped like inches away from this building. I thought, oh, thank Christ for that. And then as I looked up, the barrel had gone right through the wall. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you thought you'd done so up. well. <laughs> so, um, but no, I mean, it was great fun. We, you know, we had Leesden, we had all these walls built, we had rows of cars. Extraordinary and, set. Yeah, you know, just to, you know, destroy walls to see what, we had real walls, fake walls, you know, balsa walls, you know, like polystyrene or whatever, and breeze block walls yeah. to see what actually looked best. Rows of cars. You know, just to go over and see what they did and all that sort of thing. So, you know, turning up to work to do that every day was freaking great. Monster trucks on yeah. board. And there was, the, the, there was also that cartoony element mm. about it as well because those cars were being oh, yeah, driven but, over. And then well, well, what was actually really funny is one of the scenes we was, we was actually filming at Leeds and they, there's a bit where the tank goes over this police car. Mm. So we filmed it, basically, we towed it behind the camera car and released it, and I just drove over it. And then the next day, we had to go back because technically Bond's not allowed to kill people. So the next day, we had to go back. I had to drive past the crushed police car and have two police officers pretending they were getting out, out of it, it to it, show yeah. that they were still alive. Oh, I see, right. like Somebody had a word. Um, and of course, you know, then you went to go, you got to St. Petersburg mm -hmm. to do the sliding and the, and the. Yeah, no, when we was out in St. Petersburg. Me and Andy Smith, special effects guy from Crystal Bolt's team, mm -hmm. we spent weeks setting the tank up to how I like it, you know, so I could flick it, drift it, and all that sort of thing. And then we sent it out to St. Petersburg, and the guys got it off the container or whatever it was, and they had these proper um, military mechanics there, and they got in it, and they're like, oh, well, this is all wrong. So they started changing well, they it. Changed. And I turned up, got in it, I'm like, what? what's happened? And they were like, oh, they like, no, 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 no. So they was going, no, this is how it should be. So I had to just relate, look, let me just adjust it back to how it was so we put it out to how it went out the back and then I showed him what I was doing like 360s and all that and they was like ah oh, we send you to Chechnya <laughs> <laughs> no thanks no, I'll be fine yeah, no, I'll get it thank you very much just, just, so they sent James Blunt instead yeah exactly yeah, yeah. Okay. so Bond has battled his way from the top of a dam into a chemical factory killed hundreds of guards and is now confronted with getting away a plane taxiing holds the answer it also holds stuntman Paul Herbert as the pilot the gag that follows is one of those great blink-and-you'll-miss-it moments I often refer to in these films. Paul and Bond, who's now being doubled by stuntman Jamie Edgel, must fall from the plane onto the runway. Paul is then hit by an oncoming motorcycle. And this is how they did it. Yeah. Goldeneye was just after a year after being in the business, so I did yeah. Goldeneye, which is great. It's like, it's your dream, really, yeah. a Bond film. But it's quite funny because your very first, my very first day was at Leavesden when it was first used as a studio. To have a fight with um, uh, in the in the air aircraft first of all, and then we fall out of the aircraft as it's traveling down the runway. And just as I sort of get up and recover, I'm hit by the, the chasing motorbike. Yeah. So I mean, for, for this actual gag, the actual uh, I had a, a jerk vest on, which with a wire going up to a crane, yeah. that came back down to the crane to a rubber tire. From the rubber tie went round into a metal pulley into the front back to the bike on the front falls so the the reason was, the idea is when it takes a step forward i go back with it so we can't ever touch so we're about a meter's distance and then they just back the bike up so i always remember uh, actually laying on the runway with jamie edgel who was doubling bond and uh, you can just hear as you're laying flat on the floor of the concrete, you hear the rumble of the motorbike coming towards you louder and louder. And you just got to stay there. He gets up and out of the way. And I remember him saying as he, as he goes, he goes, be careful. I'm like, yeah, great. I've got no choice. I'm just going to have to stay here. And your body's telling you to get out of the way. And then just last minute, you go to get up and then the bike punches you or seems to punch you in the wire. You take on the wire, kinetic energy and you fly. 
In the old days, Bond would have been doubled by one man. Connery had Bob Simmons for majority of his stunt work. George Lazenby had George Leach or Richard Graydon. Roger had Martin Grace and Timothy had Simon Crane. Well, now Simon is in charge. He wants to give as many people as he possibly can a chance to double the star. So, Pierce has Wayne Michaels as his main double. Then Jamie Edgell does a turn. Riding the motorcycle after the plane on the Leavesden backlot is Eddie Kidd. Then the shot goes to location and Jacques Zuit Malnui takes over, riding the motorcycle off the cliff after the plane. And finally, BJ Worth takes over to free fall after the plane and fall alongside it for a few seconds before Pierce takes over again in the studio under the watchful eye of Simon Crane. Circle of life, you might say. A fitting phrase for a stuntman, right? Well, that's it for this week. Join us again next week when we'll be back with more action from Bond in 1997's Tomorrow Never Dies. Until then, bye for now. 